doesn't sound like an awful lot of fun to open a new hotel in the middle of a global pandemic, which is kind of changing tourism and the and the the way we travel and and how we go and stay at places. How's how's it been for you? Well, look, I think that's a pretty fair question and fair assumption. Um, however, look, I, I always I'm forever the optimist, and I look at the opportunities I've been afforded by um, coming over here to New Zealand to open a new hotel and. And, you know, I'm very lucky um, to be here with the team I have um, doing exactly that, opening what I think is going to be the best hotel in the country. So, look, it's tough times. Um, but for me, you know, no tougher for us than anyone else across the world. So, you know, we're just really thankful for the opportunity we have here. Do you think that in, in a way, I mean, there's probably an element of fate involved in you being here? I mean, how do you how, how does it how do you think it compares with you being here, say, uh, say to Australia? Are you kind of thankful that you uh, that you drew the lucky straw? I'm so grateful, to be frank. Um, and you talk about an element of faith. Uh, I was on a 10 p.m. flight before uh, that midnight shutoff before lockdown, and that was by just by chance. That was when my flight was booked. Yeah. So you know the opportunities that I have here and to be part of. Um, QT Auckland here is just amazing in any time. Um, but that uh, the, the fact that it just snuck in like that, I'm forever grateful. And I look back and think, you know, it is meant to be. Now, could you, could you, you don't have to give away everything, but can you, can you give us a little bit of a glimpse uh, into some of those, some of those discussions? Because a lot of companies are talking about the pivots that they made uh, during the year. I mean, did you, did you have to go into some some fairly heavy discussions about uh, you know what the year was going to look like, any changes in planning, and that pivot kind of thing? Look, ultimately, like any business in COVID, we've had to make changes. Um, however, we just focus on what we can, uh, what we can do, and what we can do is still deliver the exact same five star experience. You know, we focus on our amazing food and beverage outlets. Um, you know, our hotel rooms are, are second to none here and, and we'll change nothing about the way we operate here at QT and that's delivering, you know, the, the world's best guest experience. And then in terms of those, I mean, what's your expectation for for those guests? Is it becoming a lot more focused on, on the local uh, experience at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, QT is a brand. We're intrinsically local. Um, that's at the core of what we do. Um, and you'll see that come through in everything that we do, whether it be, you know, the, the produce that we use, the local suppliers that we go to, um, the partnerships that we form, or, or even the staff in the hotel. You know, we make sure that we embed ourselves within the community um, because that is at the core of our brand and what we do. And it's interesting that you say that. So that's not just, uh, that's not, because everything this year has been in part a lot about the, the supply chains and supporting local. Uh, so that wasn't just something that you that you came up with to kind of match what was happening. This has always been part of your DNA. Is that what you're saying? No, absolutely not. No, you used the word pivot before about how you, uh, you know, how um, companies are adapting during COVID and we're lucky in that sense that no this has been something that's always been true to our brand um, if you look at the different QTs uh, across here in Australia we're number three here in uh, New Zealand we've obviously got Queenstown and Wellington uh, but we're number 10 across Australia and New Zealand and if you go to each of those properties you'll see different elements coming through whether it be in the, the food and beverage or the design of the hotel um, that ties back to that local community um, it's one of our 
uh, one of the things that makes QT what it is today. So we're lucky that we're already positioned like that. Um, and, you know, for us, it's just about elevating that even more. In terms of the New Zealand rollout, so, so number three in New Zealand, was right. there any, were there any learnings from uh, number one and two in terms of uh, how you go and how you go and set up Auckland? I think we take learnings from every time we open a hotel across the entire company. Um, it's an ever-evolving process. You know, I myself have been involved with the opening of QT Perth. Um, and I personally draw on that, obviously. Um, and I think as a business, we're constantly evolving, as any good business is. And we continually look back at how we did, th- how we did things and look to be better the next day. And, and speaking of you personally, what is, what's been your journey? What's been your journey with QC? Because you've been, you've been with the brand for a while, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a fabulous brand. I've been blessed to be with it for four years now. Uh, my, my history, my background in, in Australia is working across... Uh, a lot of different sort of premium food and beverage um, companies across Australia. Um, I moved into the hotel sector years ago and, and was fortunate to, to start working with EVT. Um, during my time at EVT, I worked across the entire group, um, hotels and cinemas, uh, and then headed up uh, the team to open QT Perth. And as I said, that was such a fantastic, um, real deep dive into the brand and what QT means. Um, and then more recently spent a couple of years at QT Sydney, uh, again, sort of cementing my position within the senior management team for QT um, before being afforded the opportunity to come over here and, and head up QT Auckland, which is, you know, without a doubt, a highlight of my career thus far. And what's been your, I know that this year has been a funny year and it's, a, it's I'll, I'll use another a buzzword, but it's unprecedented in a lot of ways. So I guess it's a, it's hard to maybe gauge, um, but what's your sense of Auckland uh, so far? I love it. I couldn't be happier here. Um, coming from Sydney, I, I draw a lot of similarities, um, you know, not just for the fact that it's a harbour city. I just find it's got a vibrant food and like, uh, like restaurant and bar scene. Um, I think the people are very similar in some ways. Uh, and I just find a lot of parallels to here and back home. And, and I find moving over here uh, has been just for me personally, um, you know, one of the best things that I've done. Um, I, I haven't had the heart to break it to my folks back home, but I don't think I'll be going back. I think this is home now. Um, and I'm really enjoying my time here in Auckland thus far. Brilliant. Brilliant. Now, if you mentioned um, the EVT side of things, and if we can just speak more broadly for a moment, but what's your sense in terms of, because uh, cinnamon, cinnamon, you know, that's it's been doing it tough as well. But do you do you get the sense that we will jump back into um, like the the magic of just coming together as as people? Like you know, we we're currently having um, fifty thousand people at rugby games and that kind of thing now. So it like we've still got that. But do you think that um, you know, the cinema experience is going to bounce back. Uh, even even some of these other sectors that have been that have been really damaged. Yeah, look, absolutely. I don't have a crystal ball to sort of dictate exactly what's going to come, but you know, I think you mentioned it already. We're progressing there. We're already on the way there. And I think things like the cinema, and you spoke about it, people coming together. You know, that's never going to be a thing of the past. We're always going to want that, and we are getting there. Um, so, absolutely, I. 
I see a future returning bigger and brighter than it was before. Um, I think it's, you know, sounds a bit cliche, but it's, you know, when you, when you, something's taken from you, you really appreciate it. So, you know, I see us entering a period of growth more than anything. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think, um, I mean, a lot of, in a lot of ways, the economists at the, at the, uh, at the beginning of the year certainly weren't predicting growth, but they've had to rewrite their modeling a little bit in terms of, um, you know, uh, consumer sentiment, uh, some business buoyancy, and even the, even of course, the house prices, which have done the opposite uh, for, to what they're expecting. And probably a big chunk of that is, is to do with our relative safe havenness in the world as well. And then all of the, all of the New Zealanders wanting to return back and, and some of that uh, overseas investment and some of the some of those wealthy investors who are who have been eyeing up New Zealand as well. Um, so it's been quite interesting. Would you have ever would you have ever predicted that, or were you like me and and just kind of a bubbling mess when you're reading the newspaper? Well, look, ultimately, I'm not an economist, so I don't want to speak out of turn. However, I think you know you coined it just before. It's unprecedented. So you know, I don't think anyone. Uh, has the formula, and I don't think anyone fully understood or, or predicted what was going to happen. So, you know, ultimately, I just look at the things in which I can control and understand um, and, you know, try and stay as up-to-date as I can. Now, we are talking a lot about, you know, the psychographics of the world and consumer sentiment and, and all of that kind of thing, but can we get a little more specific as well? Like, who is the sort of person that, would, that wants a QT experience that, you know, will... Well, is, is discerning about where they stay and where they eat. Look, I, I think it's interesting you say that because at the heart of what QT is as a brand is, you know, we're, we're for everyone. You know, we recognise individuals for who they are and that's sort of, that's depend on, like, not depend on whether you're a guest or staff alike. You know, we are creating that sort of immersive escape for for guests coming into our hotel but equally so you know we want our team to come in and be able to showcase exactly who they are and be the biggest boldest version of themselves while they're at work and i think it's ultimately one of the things that really sets us aside from from other hotel brands um where we embrace the individual you know we embrace our surrounds and our community you know we touched on it before but ultimately you know the crux of what we do is create an experience unlike no other in a hotel environment we probably need to break some of that down a little bit but i'll, I'll just touch on the on the workplace culture uh because you know we run an we can run an office and it's very hard to to maintain a level of excitement all the time but but how do you how do you do that from uh, from your perspective i mean how do you embed that within the culture where you're saying that you know the the staff are really keen to bring the best versions of their of themselves to uh to their work how how do you go about doing that I think you're right. I think the word culture gets thrown around a lot. And it's, it's funny you ask that because how you implement culture is, is probably where the lines get blurred. And I think for us, uh, firstly, within QT as a brand and specifically at the hotel, you know, it's about inducting our team so that they actually understand what the brand means. You know, we have such an immersive sort of induction extravaganza that, you know, extended from, you know, uh, fashion shows in the middle of the hallways uh, to getting the team outside doing yoga uh, together, you know, really understanding the the unique working nature of our brand. So I, was, I guess it's starting from the beginning so they actually understand sort of what our brand is. And then 
ultimately it's about it's about empowerment of our team and just making sure that our team you know knows how valued they are knows how valuable their opinions are and i guess you know that for me creates an environment where um you know that culture comes through yeah yeah that's interesting how and when you're talking about that brand like how do you describe it how do you describe how do you how do you begin to sum it up look i think when you when you sort of talk about qt as a brand and why we're different um it's not the easiest thing to articulate. I think one of the ways that I best describe it is, is you know, we have a really key, we've brought over um, our first directors of chaos, um, which is a unique position um, that, that is an absolute favourite of mine. It's directors of chaos are the first person that you see when you walk into the hotel. They're there to greet you. I think the name says it all, you know, the director of chaos. What do you do? We're at the front door. We're a welcome. We're a warm welcome. We can tell you about the hotel. We can tell you about the city. We can ask you about your day. You know, their function is just to create that experience from the second you walk through. And I don't believe that any other hotel um, has that unique welcoming experience that we create through those DOCs. Mm. I'm just going to go off on a little bit of a, a tangent again and then just speak into the psychology. But what do you think is it, what is it with human nature that we are so drawn to the chaotic as well? Like that, that seems to be where innovation sometimes is, where their creativity is. I think it's the escape. I think, you know, when you talk about that chaos, it's an escape from the norm. I think, you know, why do ultimately, you know, why do people go out to a restaurant, to a bar, to a hotel, more often than not, it's a bit of an escape. It's an escape from what you, you, the norm from home, whether it be for a birthday, whether it be for a weekend away, you know, there's a myriad of reasons, but ultimately you're coming to get an experience that you don't normally have access to. And I think that's what we're on show to deliver, you know, ultimately uh, in, in the, everyone in the hotels on show to deliver that experience to people. Can you start, can you break down a little bit more, you know, the elements of that experience from the design through to the, I guess we we'll maybe do it in stages, but if you can kind of talk about the, the aesthetic side of things first, like what is part of that, you know, part of that process and part of the DNA there? Absolutely. So Nick Graham uh, is a designer that's worked across uh, all QT hotels. Um, he's obviously drawn a really like he strikes a really nice balance between aspirational and accessible um again to my point about uh, being intrinsically local nick always draws on local elements with all his design um here at qt auckland it's the, the oyster and the oyster trawler i think it's you know it's one of it's a crowd favorite of aucklanders alike the, the humble oyster so you'll see nuances of that coming throughout um all aspects of design in the hotel um you know it's I guess it's um, that idea of, you know, the beautiful, luxurious nature inside and that rough exterior on the outside. And, you know, you'll see a nod to this, whether it be in the rooms around um, wardrobes uh, uh, that emanate a, uh, an oyster cage or whether it be patterns in the carpet. You know, nothing's too literal, uh, but you'll see references of this across um, the entire hotel. I think um, it's also, you know, just looking at, New Zealand's, you know, the, the natural hues of New Zealand um, is reflected in the colour schemes you'll see around the hotel, um, mingling with sort of bold block colours to really just pop and give that, um, again, that element of, of, of quirkiness to the design of the hotel. 
That's cool. And I guess that's, an, um, uh, I'm presuming that oysters are probably an element in the culinary side of things. Can you, oh, most... can you talk about the, the experience that, uh, that's been created there? Yeah, most certainly can. Um, Sean Connolly, uh, we're lucky enough to have Sean Connolly come on board, um, you know, internationally acclaimed chef, uh, and he's created a really a journey of food across the Mediterranean for us. Uh, it's all about vibrant, sustainably caught produce. I think when I think to Sean's food, uh, one of the biggest takeaways I get from it is, is the colour, the smells, you know, and he when he when you hear him talk about the food passionately, it's about you know really simple food done really well, mm. um, which I think needs to come with a bit of a caveat around you know there's nowhere to hide when you cook food like that. You know, ultimately you look around the kitchen and it's one of the most stunning open plan kitchens I've ever seen. Again, Nick's really created Nick's designs really created this Mediterranean feel. It's a really warm. There's warmth. It's welcoming, as if you're going into someone's home. Um, and then, you know, what comes out of that is just that, that fresh, fragrant and colourful food um, that's just cooked really well. Now, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to slowly, and I don't want to steal all, all of your trade secrets, but I'm trying to slowly work on the clues of how to create uh, a great hotel. And we've got culture, we've got a little bit of chaos, we've got the design element and really tapping into the local. And then we've got and then we've got world class uh, food as well. Is there anything? Is there anything I'm missing? Is there anything else that's part of? Yeah, the mix? absolutely. You know, you, you touched on design before, but I think it's 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 you know it's all got to be brought together. And I think you know it's how Nick's worked with local artists, um, Alia Volikin, uh, Louise McRae, and, and Max Pate feature throughout the public spaces in the hotel. Um, we also have done some work with Micah Gillian. Uh, from New South Wales it's got a, a hanging installation as soon as you walk into the hotel um, my personal favorite uh, Jennifer Steinkamp um, who does digital is a digital artist out of New York and she's got this beautiful artwork this LED artwork that's constantly changing that really ties the hotel lobby into the bar area and just and just fills the space and and, and connects the two zones you know I think it's those touches that bring together Nick's design um, I think, you know, we spoke to the food, but here at QT Auckland, we're not just about the, the restaurant. You know, we also have an, an amazing rooftop bar. Um, we have conferencing spaces. You know, we have a, 150 different rooms. Sorry, we have 150 rooms, um, you know, and, and all the nuances that go into those rooms is what makes us unique. Mm. Um, with nine different room types, we've got 38 different room layouts. You know, they're ever bending... <laughs> moving and and uh, and when you look around the rooms, you know they're almost all different, which just plays to the quirky nature um, of the brand itself. So it's almost like a challenge. You've got to go and stay in each kind, try and stay in each one of them. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I'll start booking you in. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Now the other thing is the conference side of things as well, because this is this is really important. Are you seeing much interest there? Are we started. We're not all going to be zooming uh, for conferences now, are we? Are there going to be people coming back together in real life? We absolutely will. I, I think, as you can testify, I imagine you spend a lot of time on on Zooms. Um, it's never quite the same, and I don't think it will ever overtake. 
um, that in-person interaction that you get, whether it be uh, a meeting, a conference, um, or cinemas, the things that we spoke about earlier, I don't think you'll ever replace that need for human interaction. Um, so we've already seen uh, a level of interest in, in conferencing um, that's, that's showing that trend, absolutely showing that trend. And what can you cater to? What kind of, what kind of human together experiences are, are you looking at? Weddings, yeah. that kind of thing? Good question. I think look, we, we cater um, to a variety we're blessed in the way that, you know, Sean's Connolly food transcends into that private space. So it can be utilized as private dining. There's not many spaces in the city that you can sort of sit down and entertain with, you know, up to 65 people in the room, um, you know, eating off the, the Esther menu delivered by the same team that looks after the restaurant. So you really get that, that premium service and quality of food, um, but also equally, you know, we've got a, a modern function room for, for corporate uh, events, um, as well as, you know, wrapping everything up into to conferences that can also stay over in the hotel. That's very cool. What sort of, uh, what sort of uh, body count? I don't know if body count is probably the way to sell it, but how many people can you fit in the conferencing side of things? Okay, there's, there's so many ways that you can and set it up, but you can have 100 in there sort of standing for a cocktail function, you know, product launches and these sorts of things, up to 64 for a sort of sit-down dinner. Um, and then there's a vast array in between all of that. That's cool. That's cool. Do you, do you, um, you know, I understand that, uh, that there's competition involved, but do you, do you talk to other, uh, other, other hotel companies, other hotel brands and kind of get a, get a sense of where, where thing, where things are in Auckland and the, and the future? Oh, look, I think it's no different to any other industry. You know, obviously, it's it's not a huge industry, so we all know each other. Um, and I, I think we all sort of communicate in, in an appropriate manner, obviously. Um, but, you know, to stay in touch and understanding what's going on in both the market and the industry, you know, we're absolutely in contact quite regularly. Well, there is something there as well, and I will mention another buzzword, but people have talked about collaboration quite a lot. Do you think that we will... Um, you know, has this year forced anything in terms of, you know, just those networks and, and understanding that, you know, we, we might be in competition, but there's still, there's still collaboration or there's still ways that we can work together as a, as a sector, as a, as a whole. Do, has, has there been any kind of shift there that you've noticed? Well, look, I think the, the shift more has probably been around support. I think it has been a challenging year. And I think what you have seen from the industry is probably a bit more support. Uh, for each other because it has been a challenging time and I do like to think that you know sometimes out of out of this what you take away is is, is you know the good in, in in people and in business and in industry and I think hospitality is a sector that has really banded together throughout all this um, but you, you know you spoke about coming together in partnerships and I think for us it's probably more about how can we partner locally um, not with other hotel groups but with other brands and businesses um, that we can work together. You know, we are an international brand, but how can we work locally? Uh, and I think you'll find we've got some amazing partnerships so far. You know, we've joined Maggie Marilyn recently. Um, she's done, I touched on the Directors of Chaos. So Maggie Marilyn's done a bespoke uh, uniform for the Directors of Chaos, as well as fitting out um, our front office team, which is just such a, an amazing connection between the two brands. You know, apart from being one of the best designers in the country, you know, they've just got this really nice mission to create, um, you know, a, a better world through fashion. Um, you know, their, um, 
their commitment to sustainability just really speaks to a lot of the values of our brand as well. Um, you know, I know that Nick Graham has been working really closely with the creative agency, Mr. Wolf here, um, and they've pieced together these beautiful sort of saloon-like mosaics on each level of the hotel um, of local artists and, and really beautiful installations there, uh, as well as, uh, you know, on a more corporate level and, uh, you know, to, to the design elements, you know, we've partnered with Dyson as well. Um, so not only do the team get to pop downstairs into our makeup room, which I'll touch on later, into our beautiful makeup room, where they've got uh, Dyson equipment to straighteners and, and hair dryers to get ready before work, but they actually extend to every single hotel room that's got a Dyson hair dryer. So, you know, I think that's very synonymous with both luxury and design, which is a great partnership. So that's for us, I guess, more how we're partnering at this time. That's pretty cool. Well, we might as well talk about the makeup room now because I'll just lead us on a bunch of <laughs> tangents away from it. So what's that about? Uh, again, you know, we want we want everyone to, to come to work and we're on stage, you know. We're, we're showcasing the best version of ourselves. So, you know, it starts with the directors of chaos, but it extends to our entire team. So, you know, really empowering them to feel to feel beautiful and to feel amazing and, you know, partnerships with local makeup um, company, Aleph, so that the, the team can go down to this beauty room, which is exactly as the name suggests, it's a beauty room, lights and all, um, where the team can get ready with Dyson products, their own Aleph makeup, you know, all our uniforms outside of Maggie Marilyn have been curated um, with our, our stylist and our team so that, you know, those guys come out and when they, when they hit the stage, you know, they feel like the best version they possibly could. Um, and it's a, it's, you talk about, uh, you were talking earlier about culture. And these are, this is how you create it. You, you, give, you empower people to be the best version of themselves. Are there ever days, though, when you're just feeling, were you just feeling like, you know, you're, you're a little bit down and you're just not there to be bubbly and then you see the, you know, you see the, the director of chaos and everyone being, everyone around you being the best versions of themselves. I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you deal with that? You don't tell everyone to piss off, I presume. Look, I think I, I have personally have, um, I am forever an optimist. I think I'm, I'm more over just a, you know, the pinnacle of upbeat. Um, but when I think to what it is that drives me about hospitality, it's not an easy industry. There's lots of industries that are difficult, but it, but it's a it can be a, a, a tough industry. You know, what drives me every day is is the people. You know, that's what makes our hotel special, and that's what makes this industry special. It's the people. You know, and and seeing that development of my team and the people around me and even myself, um, that's what inspires me every day. You know, I, I don't have those days because I just have to look around, you know, at the team and what we've created here. And I'm just so proud um, that, you know, that inspires me day in, day out. That's cool. That's cool. We had a... Um... We had an M2 summit, an actually an actual live event uh, last week, where we had uh, we had a series of speakers, and um, I'm going I'm going off on a broad tangent, uh, by the way, if you hadn't guessed, but um, <laughs> but so many so many times people were bringing up the concept of the tall poppy syndrome, um, you know, and we've got and we had amazing speakers from all sorts of different industries, like some tech pioneers, incredible incredible people, but they all they all talk about 
you know, the New Zealand approach or the New Zealand attitude towards both success and failure and that tall poppy thing. Do you, do you see that from your perspective? It's, that's an interesting take because I used to notice it much more back home in Oz, to be completely frank. Whereas here, um, in my limited time here, my takeaway from both the people and I guess what their expectation from the hospitality sector is, is, is a lot more genuine. Mm. Um, I think that, you know, there's an expectation from the people to deliver a much more genuine experience. And um, that's probably the biggest takeaway that I've noticed and difference between the two. Yeah, well, that is, that's another buzzword for this, for this year, actually, authenticity. How does that, I mean, how does that start changing the way that you deliver a, a hospitality experience that that kind of authenticity or the genuineness how does that how does that evolve well i think ultimately that's what makes the business you know i've spoken to you today about nick graham's design the local artists that we're using sean Connolly and uh, an esther restaurant i've spoken to all these points we, we have in my opinion you know the, the best looking hotel rooms that that i've ever seen you know we have the most amazing restaurant um and and rooftop bar that's second to none that i've ever come across but ultimately what what's going to make this hotel is the people within it um and i think the expectation from aucklanders is exactly that you know, there's, a, there's this expectation. People are excited. You know, I talk to people. I, I don't get any of that tall poppy syndrome that you spoke to. All I get is an excitement about what we're doing here. And we can't wait to showcase uh, everything that we have here. Uh, we're opening on the 11th of November. Um, and I can't wait to showcase, you know, everything that we're doing to, to everyone with that genuine element, which is the people. Are you doing anything special for the opening, by the way? Um, we've done a series of soft openings. Um, and we'll continue to do so, uh, culminating um, with, you know, we're, we're more about a softly, softly approach. We want to make sure that everything's perfect um, and then uh, ease into the opening. Now, you know, when you were, um, you're talking about how the people are the most important things and, and, and again, off on a, on a broad tangent, but do you think that people or businesses or companies often forget about that element? It's, sometimes I look at, say, you know the millions that a that a big corporate might spend on their on their advertising, on the brands, on the logo. Uh, but one phone call with with someone who's having a bad day at their call center, that really defines the whole the whole your whole perception of the brand. Do you think people sometimes forget about the people element? Oh, look, I can only comment on what we do. And here at QT, we celebrate the individual within the team as much as we do the guests. So, you know, I can only comment on my experience within the brand and the experience which, you know, we create for our team, which, which is one that we care, which is one that we listen and which is one that we nurture and develop. So, you know, I think it's one of the reasons why we're so successful. Yeah. With that, though, do you have, I mean, what's the balance between... You know, showing your showing your staff that you that you really care, like um, encouraging them to be the best versions of themselves, um, but then also the performance and the KPIs element. Is that something that you've had to that you've had to work on to find that that fine that fine line? 
Oh, look, I think I think that's a given. You know, there, there, there is a balance of the two. Um, but ultimately, I think you find when you have the right culture and people are happy, you know, that behaviour drives the performance of the business. Um, I know that sounds simplistic, but it's been proven time and time again. And I think it's, you know, it, it is a case of if you get that culture right, you all the financial and the KPIs will fall into line around that. Brilliant. Now, I just need a little bit of personal advice as well. So I've probably spent far too far too many hours in the office over the last few months. So I need to do some. I need to do a bit of makeup dinner. Um, is there anything? Is there anything from Sean's menu that uh, that you would that you would suggest I I go for? Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's it's all about it's all about the fresh produce. Um, there, you know, it's about everything from you know the flatbreads and taramasalata. I think you know it's hard to find good taramasalata uh, around town. So I think look, that's a, a unique dish. We've got tableside service um, on these beautiful sort of bespoke made carts that will come around where you'll have uh, a whole salt baked snapper which will be prepared at the table. Now that for me is just a special experience from start to finish. Um, you know, just watching it crack open the fragrant fragrant flavours that flow through, um, as well as a steak tartare served at the table. So, you know, there's so many elements, but uh, that'd be some of the highlights for me. That sounds pretty cool. And if I do if I do a particularly good job at that, and then we go to, uh, you know, maybe we look at a room, is there a particular, is there a particular room that's your, that's your favourite? That's like playing favourites between your children. I don't think I, can, I don't think I can answer that. I don't have children. These are my children. Um, but I think, you know, as I mentioned before, one of the unique, one of the things that makes these hotel rooms unique is there's there's almost not one that's the same. So it really is that that journey of exploration. Every time you open the door and and walk into a room, you know, what exactly am I about to get today? Yeah. So. You know, I don't think you can play favourites because that's such a so open to interpretation. I think it's about coming in and experiencing and finding exactly what you love about QT Auckland. Yeah, that, but that more to the point, I, think, I don't think you can just come in and, and and escape for dinner. I think you are you have to pop up to the rooftop first. Yeah. But you left out a big step in in that one. Yeah, very good point. Very good point. This is this is why I need help. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I. I just uh, no, no trip to the restaurant would be complete without also uh, checking out the rooftop. Um, you know, we uh, find ourselves in a unique position with an absolutely exquisite rooftop bar um, up on level six. You know, it showcases probably some of the best, best views I've seen uh, in Auckland out over the harbour in the middle of the viaduct. It's just absolutely stunning. Um, you know, with a, a concise wine list, but, but moreover, um, you know, a signature cocktail list um, by a, a gentleman by the name of Roberto Giampolo, who, um, you know, has, has experience and pedigree in some of the, the best restaurants and bars uh, globally. You know, I'm really um, so excited every time I see a new creation from him. They're absolutely stunning. Uh, we have cocktails on tap up there, which is something that's a bit new. Um, How so does you'll that have work? Uh, well, there's different types. We've got espresso martinis on tap um, that sort of uh, feed off a, a nitro, a nitro tap, wow. and then uh, similar to the way that yeah, yeah, it's quite exciting. And then similar uh, to the way that the beer taps work, we've got cocktails on tap 
um, that, that flow through the same system. Um, you'll also find he's created a bespoke cocktail that we get bottled and you'll find in each room as well. So we're very fortunate with the entire team that we have here at QT Auckland. We've got such a depth of experience and, and knowledge. It's amazing. That's very cool. Is there a particular uh, cocktail that I should go for as well? Like what's the, what's your pick? It's it's so hard to play favourites. Uh, the Triple R is probably a bit of a, a crowd favourite at the moment. Um, it's just a really like light aperitif style cocktail uh, mix of Campari, Italicus, which is bergamot liqueur, a little bit of um, grapefruit oil and, and, and uh, hop bitters. So that's sort of something that we've been uh, sending out as a bit of a, an aperitif down in Esther, but will feature up on the rooftop as well. Brilliant. It sounds really cool. Now I'm conscious that uh, you know we've been here to talk about QT, and I've been I've been getting you to uh, throw your hat in uh, amongst a number a number of other things. Uh, so in that vein, I'm going to ask you about your vision for the future of New Zealand. Like from your perspective, given that you've got a little bit of the outside perspective, but you've made this your home now. Where do you think? Where do you think the the future the future opportunities? Uh, within the New Zealand economy are over the next few years? Well, that's quite a bold question to ask someone that's uh, that's been in country for, for six months. So, I'll, yep. look, I'll, without speaking out of turn, look, I think it's um, probably just looking at um, how the Auckland businesses and companies, I guess, disseminate out of, uh, out of Auckland across the country. You know, I think you've got your really clear to find hubs of business and tourism within New Zealand. And I think it's about how they all start to link together and work together. You know, a big part of, you know, QT Auckland is connecting the other two QTs within the country. You know, we now have this footprint across the country. And I think for not just for our industry, but many industries, it'll be how do you connect the, the different parts of the country? One thing, one thing I've been quite surprised at is just the effect of... I know that I know that uh, tourism has been really hammered from, from uh, obviously a lack of um, um, overseas people coming in, but uh, I never really I never really appreciated the size or the amount of money that New Zealanders spend on overseas travel a year. So eight to ten billion dollars is now kind of swishing around within the New Zealand economy. Do you get the, Do you get the sense that um, as New Zealanders we are great at looking? outwards looking overseas but we haven't really explored our own backyards as much as as we could have i absolutely do but i also don't think that's exclusive to new zealand i think that's unfortunately the case everywhere you know i know it's the same back home in australia i think we're all guilty of, of doing exactly that and as i said i'm i'm always looking for the silver linings and and one of the things that's allowed uh, you know, is for us to to take stock and look at what we've got here and really explore what we've got here, you know. And as a brand, as a hotel, you know, it gives us a chance to showcase what we do here at QT Auckland to, to, to New Zealanders and Aucklanders alike first. You know, I love the opportunity to, to give that sort of, you know, first go to, to New Zealand. Obviously, we want international tourism, but, you know, it's the cards that we are currently being dealt. So, you know, it's a great opportunity to showcase exactly what we do. Brilliant. Now, I just want to, I want to live vicariously through, uh, through your discovery of Auckland, uh, 
for a moment if I can, but, you know, in the first few months that, that you're here, you're obviously as well as being very busy uh, with, with a hotel launch, but what sort of beaches were you discovering? What kind of cafes, you know, what, what, what was, what, what special spots were you sort of carving out within the city? Yeah, look, I, I think to your point, I haven't done as much exploring as I, I would have liked. I've certainly, my bucket list keeps getting longer and longer. Um, however, you know, initially when I got here, the walk up to Mission Bay and St. Helier's, you know, I just find that walk absolutely stunning. Um, and I used to enjoy that in the morning and stop past, um, you know, a regular haunt on the way would always be a mano for, for a quick coffee and then continue my walk all the way up to St. Helier's. That was a real highlight for me. Um, you know, I, I, I love wine and a good Chardonnay. So getting across to Waiheke uh, and Man of War was a, a really you know, special, special trip for me. I really enjoyed that one. I've always had a bit of an affinity with Man of War Winery from back home. So it was great to get out there and see it um, in person. Um, and then for me, it's probably more about, um, in part because it's a, what I enjoy, but also I guess get an understanding for the market, you know, going out and dining, uh, drinking and dining around Auckland. As I said, I think it's got an amazing scene. I think it's growing. I think, you know, since I've been here, there's been, you know, about four, or really significant openings already of, of amazing restaurants. So, you know, just getting out there and immersing myself within the, the culture and the community. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's fantastic. You have been busy. You have. <laughs> no, as I said, no busier than anyone else, but yes, we, we've been very busy. Brilliant. All right. I think I've put you through enough random questions, and uh, um, but I've got one more for you. One more. What's the best piece of advice you've been given? Um, the best piece of advice I've been given is that even if you're only 90% sure, give it a crack. You know, invariably, it's that 10% that always you'll always be able to look back on and, and change later. But if you're 90% sure, then just give it a go.